Hello, listeners. This is CJRU 1280 AM in Toronto. Welcome to another world that sounds like you. This radio program is part of a multifaceted project produced by South Asian Visual Arts Center in collaboration with Gallery TPW. The project, which is currently on view until April the 1st, is curated by Tolin Chuk in collaboration with Heather Kenneth Rake and Neda Baba. It includes an exhibition and a program of events that feature sound-based works engaging the arts of collective listening and communal sound making. We ask, what is the role of listening to sounds, chants, and music in a social movement? How do they both inform and incite each other? How does listening transmit through the body and mind to generate immaterial social relation and reverberations? And how does listening together transform our thinking from individualism to collectivism, whether transitory or permanent? We want to explore these questions as we listen together yet apart on radio waves. I'm Gladys Lowe, a multimedia artist and writer based in Toronto. And today, I will be your host. Today, we tune into a series of works by Sharam Ellis titled Swing Low, Sweet Chariot, Number 1, 2, and 3. They are parts of a body of hymns and odes that Sharam Ellis has written and inherited over the years. The songs trace the heritage of Harriet Tubman's code songs and the inescapable connections she drew between hymns and freedom, music, and liberation. Slaves were generally forbidden to speak with each other, and instead, they communicated through hymns and spirituals that were interwoven with coded language that their masters could not recognize. As Tubman once inscribed freedom and liberation into these hymns, Alice now casts these Black American freedom songs as songs of praise, in praise of the earth, in praise of poetry, in praise of blackness, in praise of peace. This is Sharam Ellis' Swing Low, Sweet Chariot, number one, two, and three.
Oh, <laughs> 
sing Coming for 
swing, sweet chair, carry me, swing low, Coming for to carry me on. I looked over Jordan. See, <coughs> carry me home. A band coming me. Coming for to carry me, love, chariot, home, chariot, home. I. Did I carry me, angels, home, swing, chariot? What you just heard was Jerome Ellis's Swing Low Sweet Chariot, number one, two, and three. I'm here today with Tolin Chuk, the curator of Another World That Sounds Like You. The idea of signal sound is very interesting to me. Can you tell me more about the background of what code songs are? Sure, coded songs and signal songs exist in different cultures. So the coded songs that Jerome is talking about come from stories of the Underground Railroad and ways in which enslaved black people were trying to escape. So as they were hiding, trying to find safe passage, uh, there would be a person who would sing a song 
And depending on what that song is, they would know whether it's safe to kind of continue on their journey and therefore escape or if they should remain in hiding. This is really interesting to think about the practice of song and sound and how that relates to freedom. And there are documentations of specific songs and specific lyrics. Like if this person sang these words, it means stay in place. But if that person sang these other words, and it means you're safe to go. Part of the inspiration for for me for this project was was thinking about these kind of coded practices, these practices of encryption in song and sound from other cultures. From the culture that I come from, the Palestinian culture, there's the same practice used by Palestinian mothers to give signals to their loved ones in jail about their escape route as well. So they would walk around the outer walls of a jail, sing songs that are coded in a different way than the ones that Jerome is referencing. These would be coding through the insertion of specific letters in between words, and it would be a way to evade translators and soldiers and to give instructions to their loved ones on which direction to take if they manage to escape in order to reach their village again. This kind of different ways of how we encode and decode and understand sound and what it means to us is really important for the show. And that's why I really wanted to include Jerome's work. I see. I noticed that Jerome Ellis used the same melody in the free versions of Swing Low Sweet Chariot. What instruments did he use? So he's using the saxophone, the flute, and the synthesizer. And these songs are all actually from the same album. Uh, the album is called Hymns and Odes, and the whole album is also available online if people want to hear the whole thing. I chose these specific tracks because they're part of a series and they have some singing in them, so I really wanted Jerome's voice to be there too, also to create this interesting link to some other pieces in the show that also have a voice in them. But yeah, uh, the whole album is available for people to listen to, and there's also much more description and stories and program notes about the work that are available on Jerome's site, but also in the gallery space. Oh, definitely check it out. I enjoy listening to the free versions and trying to find the similarities and differences between them. The first version, where Alice played the saxophone, gives me a sense of anger, dignity, and confidence. In the second version, the airy sound of the flute conveys a sense of tiredness and exhaustion. And in the third version, with a person's voice with no instrumental accompaniment, it feels fragile, exposed, and full of raw emotions. I also realized that Alice used one instrument with no background sound in each of his sound piece. He did not mix or overlap layers, which gives his work an opaque, transparent, and honest quality. Jerome Ellis is an artist and writer who lives with a type of slaughter called a glottal block. Ellis draws upon his experience of speech impediment and his identity as a black artist in his art practice. He repeats the J's five times in his first name as a way to acknowledge his slaughtering due to his glottal block. In his other work, Impediments is Information, Jerome draws a parallel between the sporadic, abrupt pauses of the saxophone sound and his speech impediment, a condition which is unpredictable, happens without his control, 
and impairs his ability to express himself through speech. In this piece, it is quite different. Can you tell me more about your impression of Swing Low Sweet Chariot when you listen to it? I mean, I love the way you described how the pieces made you feel in the different ways of the use of the instruments. And I think for me, also, that's why these pieces are so powerful, right? Like they can generate all these different affects. And, and for me, like you said about the last one, it's very emotional. They're also really interesting because for me, it opens up the way Jerome makes his music, opens up other ways of actually other worlds, you know, like the title of the show, other ways of connecting with other people's stories that is obviously influenced by each one of us and our stories. So it's really about like where we come from when we come to listen to these sounds. Could be something that affects us on a very basic level that is just about the melodies and the tunes, but it could also be something much more embodied and much deeper that takes us back to like certain histories or even to like current realities. There's something for me about his work that does all of these things at the same time, which makes it very um, interesting is not even the word. I would say it's like more than that. It's very important. I see where the name of this show come from now. Yeah, that's one of the things that I'm hoping this show does is like you're saying, and like I said before, like to open ourselves to other worlds through listening. Thank you so much for sharing your story and experiences of curating the exhibition. I've heard that Jerome Ellis does a type of live recording called a living room concert. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, so when I spoke to Jerome, he was telling me about how before the pandemic, he used to have a lot of concerts in his own living room, in his home for his friends and friends of friends. And it was really about listening to music, performed live in an intimate setting and also thinking about how music transmits through bodies, elbows touching or feet touching. But then for this show, we really wanted the space to feel and look like a living room at Gallery TPW. Like it was one of the most important things about the space is that it's a comfortable space for people to hang out and just be and let go and slow down and listen to these works. When I told Jerome that this is the kind of setup of the show, then we were both like, okay, well then he needs to do a, a living room concert for this for this show. And it turns out he lives close and he's coming to Toronto. So this is where where that kind of live component came in. When will Jerome Ellis be performing at Gallery TPW? So he'll be performing a living room concert on March the 4th at 6 p.m. Oh, definitely go and check that out. You should come. Thank you so much for coming today, Jolene. Have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. On site at Gallery TPW, a few exciting events are coming up. We have a sound bath on Friday evening, March 3rd, and a living room concert by Jerome Ellis the following Saturday, March 4th at 6 p.m. All events are free, so drop by and have a cozy listen. For details, visit gallerytpw.ca. In our next episode, we'll listen to Nick Dorado's Billions of Simultaneous Motions. Please tune in again at the same time to hear of his work. Special thanks to the radio community here at CJRU 1280 AM in Toronto. 
visit cjru.ca to listen to other episodes of this project. And thanks to our listener for collectively tuning in with us. I'm Gladys Lowe. Until next time.